Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and aren't you glad you're here? Whoa, what a good day we're going to have. And if you'd like your day to be kicked off to, I don't know, levels that nobody's ever heard of in the history of hearing about things, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, a chalice, a stein, a canteen, jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. It's a dopamine hit of the day thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go. Ah. Ah. Well, what's going on here? Oh, here's some good news. Uh, Greenland is back in play. So, uh, as you know, I'm sure all of you are up to date on your Greenland uh, history, but in 1979, um, Greenland did gain its autonomy from Denmark, but not entirely. It's got a little bit of autonomy that it needs to get back because Denmark still runs some stuff over there. And they're putting together a little draft of a constitution to get Denmark out of their business so that Greenland would be an independent country. Let's hear it for Greenland. Potential, future, independent, completely independent country. Now, this brings us to the following question. What is the uh, total size and capacity of the Greenland military? Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what kind of invasion force they could repel. Well, um, I've never before considered conquering a foreign country, but I feel like if I could give 50 volunteers, I think we could make a run at it. Anybody want to run their own country? we got to make sure it gets free of Denmark first. But then, wide open, people. It's wide open. You know what I would do if I were Trump when he becomes president? I mean, if he becomes president. I would make a deal with Greenland to uh, provide them a, an umbrella of national defense uh, in return for making sure that we have some, let's say, ability to keep them from falling into Russian and Chinese hands. Because I think we're going to end up defending them, right? I mean, one way or another, we're going to be basically their military. We should get something out of that deal. All right. How many of you are afraid of the so-called 15-minute cities? we got to talk about this, people. We have to talk about this. Now, let me tell you what a 15-minute city is. So I think the World Economic Forum and maybe others have talked about the idea of creating cities, and I think they mean creating new cities, in which you don't need your own car, And everything's technologically tied to everything, so everything works really well. And basically, the garbage gets picked up, and transportation is easy, and it's cheap, and everybody's happy, and they're a 15-minute city. Now, the 15-minute city means you can walk everywhere you need to walk in 15 minutes. So you can go get your groceries if you need to, etc. No freedom. All right, let's talk about that. If you have a 15-minute city, your problem is you would have no freedom, right? All right, how many of you believe that the 15-minute city would, we, would be built with no accommodation for leaving the city? <laughs> do, do you think they wouldn't, wouldn't think of the fact that sometimes people need to go places? Do you really believe that they want to keep you in the city? I mean, seriously? Do you, do you really believe that? <laughs> you, you don't think that they would think of that. Hey, we're building this city. There's a possibility. Well, I don't know how likely it is, but some of the people in the city might want to, let me just try this on for size, leave the city sometimes. Oh, no. Oh, no. If we build you a 15-minute city, you don't get to leave. Well, but I want to leave. You know, I'd like to leave. Oh, no. No, we're taking your car away. 
well, I'll just call somebody to come get me. Good luck. We're going to control your phone. Well, how do I get out of the city? You don't get out of the city. We're going to control you. And if you don't take vaccinations, you'll never go anywhere. I don't think we're going to build a city that doesn't let you out. How many of you think that's really going to happen? They're really going to build a city that doesn't let you out. (laughs) All right, here's another objection I heard just before I went live. Somebody said, I don't like this idea of a car is available whenever I want it. You know, it's like an Uber. I don't like that idea. I want to have my own car and my own driveway for freedom. What do you think? Your own car, as opposed to these public cars that are available on demand, your own car gives you some freedom, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, if you have your own car, you can go anywhere you want. Very unlike the... uh, the transportation that they're offering to give you, right? If you had your own car, you could drive that thing anywhere you want within the city. Now, if you had a car service, you could also get those cars to take you anywhere you want. But there's a question of availability, right? Availability, that's an issue. Because if you have your own car, about five days a year, it's unavailable to you because it's in service as opposed to the public cars are available all the time, uh, you'd like to increase your freedom by having your own automobile, which you pay extra for, and is available fewer days per year because you like your freedom. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> Does that sound like a joke? I have a private car, so I can go anywhere, right? Except for five days a year. Five days a year, I can't go anywhere in my car because it's in the shop. But if I didn't own a car, I would have 100% availability of transportation. But you say to yourself, Scott, when your car is in the shop, <clears throat> you could take the public transportation, which I could do any time. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. There's nothing about the fear of the 15-minute city that I understand on a conceptual level. I'm not saying I disagree. Don't get me wrong. If you say, Scott, you're disagreeing with me, that's not happening. I actually don't understand it. So I, I can't disagree with it. It doesn't, there's nothing to disagree with. So the idea is that there's they, a group that you call they, and that they want to control you. Would you agree? How many would con- agree with the statement that they, they want to control you and that the 15-minute city is part of how they're going to do it? Now, that doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound crazy to you at all, does it? That there's a mysterious they who are in control, and, they, and what they need is mostly they need to control you. Many of you believe that, right? That there's a they? All right, let me tell you my view of the world. If there were a they, I would know it. I, I have been behind the curtain long enough to know there's no they. There is no they. (laughs) There's just a whole bunch of people looking out for themselves. A whole bunch of people just looking out for themselves. That's it. That's that's everything. Do you you think that the World Economic Forum, when it brings all the uh, CEOs together, have you ever seen a group of CEOs? Have any of you ever been in a group of CEOs? If you haven't, Don't be afraid of they. (laughs) If you have, here's what you would learn. They're all different people with different incentives and different plans and different ambitions. They're not working together. Now, okay, fuck you. So, fuck you. Fuck you. Right? That's that's not where I needed to see some anti-Semitism right there. Right? There's not a Jewish cabal that's that's running the fucking world. That is not happening. Right. And honestly, it just pisses me off when I see that. It just pisses me off. It's just a bunch of people looking out for themselves. Sometimes do people work together? Sure. Like a, a real specific deal between two powerful people. Do you know how many lawyers they get involved for that? If two powerful people want to do anything together, it's like lawyered up like crazy. There's no way there's some cabal of 
people, I know the anti-Semitic people are going nuts over here. So you can just jerk off to your anti-Semitic beliefs all you want. Let's just not include it in this conversation because it's crazy talk, okay? It's just crazy talk. Now, if you're saying that some groups look out for themselves, sure. <laughs> you know, that would be universally true. But there's no they. There is no they. There is, however, collections of effects which have an impact on us which look almost planned. Right? Um, so here's my question. How many of you think you're going to be paying for things in 50 years with pieces of paper that you carry in your wallet? How many of you think you're going to be paying for things with pieces of paper in 50 years? Nobody. So you're arguing about something that can't change. Don't argue about something that can't change. We will have digital money. I know. There are, there are downsides to digital money, and I don't disagree. But it's not going to not happen. <laughs> There's 100% happen, chance you'll be paying for stuff with digital money. So we just have to figure out how to deal with it. Trying to stop it is just crazy. Learning to deal with it might be useful. You know, figure out how to make it safe. But stopping it, that's not going to happen. How about, how about identification? Digital ID. We already have digital ID. <laughs> it's basically here. They can take a picture of your face and they know exactly who you are. Right? It's, it's called Clearview. It's an app that the police have. They just take a picture of your face. They've got digital ID. They've had it for a long time. How about uh, they'll stop you from traveling? Do you think that there's a they who wants to stop you from traveling? Do you know who they are? They are people who make money when you travel. There is no they who wants you to stay home. They all want you to travel like crazy. The more you travel, the more you spend, the more they make. They make money when you go do stuff, when you're productive. They don't make money when you're staying home poor. They can't make money that way. No, there is no, there is no they who wants to lock you up in a 15-minute city. There is no they who wants you not to have transportation 100% of the time. That doesn't exist. You could take your paper money and your own personal car, and you have less things you can buy and fewer places you can go. That's your choice. I mean, you can do that. But so here's... Here's what I like to... Uh, I guess we have to do the analogy. There's no way around it. Because you're going to say to me, Scott, you were wrong about the pandemic, right? Are you going to say that? Scott, you were so wrong about the pandemic. Do you know what I said about the pandemic? I said that the pandemic restrictions would go away after the pandemic. Did they? They did. The pandemic restrictions went away after the pandemic, exactly like I told you they would. You thought that we were all going to be, you know, to have digital, vac- digital IDs and vaccines and all kinds of shit. None of that happened. Now, also, I, I've seen some comparisons to other countries. We're not other countries. We are not other countries. So if Great Britain is taking the freedom away from their citizens, they can because those citizens are unarmed. <laughs> if they try that here, it goes different. That's why we are America. We, we put up with a massive amount of internal death because of our gun ownership. And we do that so that you can't fuck with us. Like the government has a limit to what they can do. And we, and we pay for that with a huge amount of innocent life. And we think it's worth the price. So I'm not really worried about the they. There's no they under the rug. None of the powerful people work together. Right? Even, even if you look at any group of powerful people, how about Republicans? How about, are those Republicans all working together? The Republicans all one unified they? No, not even Republicans agree with each other. How about the Democrats? Are they a unified progressive? No, they're not. You know, RFK Jr. is different than Biden, who's different than... AOC. 
There is no they. <laughs> and there never will be. There will never be a they. And, it, it, and I've been captured. <laughs> How many people think I've been captured by the, the they? Am I a papa to the they? Is that what you think? <laughs> people say yes. How would they capture me? What would they do with money? Did they capture me by canceling me world, worldwide? <clears throat> Am I now uh, saying what, the, what they wants to say because my entire career was uh, destroyed by people in power? So, so now I'm, I'm doing their bidding because they took away my livelihood? Is that what's happening? Have you met me? <laughs> do, do you know anything about me? That, that could not be a dumber hypothesis that I would go along. I'm just going along. I, I don't think you've met anybody less likely to just go along. That, that's not in my DNA. It is funny. All right, it is funny. But how would they capture me? Like what, how would they do it? Threaten me? Bribe me? How would they do it? talk about something else, I think it's time. All right. Um, and the reason I was talking about it because I saw uh, Jordan Peterson agreeing that when somebody said uh, they won't let you leave, uh, Jordan Peterson said, that's the plan, Stan. So Jordan Peterson also believes that 15-minute cities are a threat. Uh, I would love to talk to him about that. Because I don't get it at all. Like, generally, generally when Jordan Peterson makes a, a assertion, even if I disagree with it, I understand it. And usually I don't disagree with it. He's generally right on point. But this one I don't understand. Don't even see the reasoning behind it. All right. I saw Kara Swisher go after... Um, who is she going after? Uh... <laughs> Yet. This story is not going to make any sense unless I can remember his name in the next minute. Sachs, yes. David Sachs, thanks. So uh, you've probably noticed on Twitter and in the world in general, David Sachs has sort of emerged as one of those prominent voices. Um, Elon Musk seems to have some association. Oh, I guess they work together on PayPal, so, so they've had a long association. Um, but here he made a comment in a tweet about uh, there are lots of jobs or there were layoffs or something. He said he wasn't seeing it. Uh, so there's something about jobs he wasn't seeing locally. So Kara Swisher, who would be identified with the Democrats, she mocks him because he said something about his personal observation of the job situation. Right? He just said his personal observation. He wasn't making a claim what's true. He's just saying that what the news says isn't matching what he observes. Is that fair? Is it fair to say that what the news is claiming about the job situation is not what he's personally observing? He didn't say... It was just a question. Like, why am I not observing what you're saying? I think that's a good tweet. Karis Wisher says, mocking him, international relations expert, political strategist... San Francisco detective interviewer and now economist too, tech dudes have apparently decided to become the Swiss army knives of our world. Pro tip on the Larry Summers cosplaying, even though I would not... Okay, it just goes on. Now, here's the question. Do you think AI could identify Democrats by the way they tweet? Do you think you could? I think you could. And... I'm not, I'm not sure of the next thing I'm going to say because confirmation bias is a bitch. So I, I may be suffering confirmation bias, but you can tell me. Maybe, you've, maybe you don't. Is it my imagination that when uh, people who lean right or at least are friendly to the right and not unfriendly to the right, because I'm not going to say David Sachs leans right because I don't see that. You know, he feels like a, a centrist who's just sort of looking at the data. But anybody who's, let's say, middle or right, 
They tend to talk about the policy and what will happen, right? Our, our last conversation was about the they and the cities and the policies and your freedom. Those are issues. Did I just lose sound? Oh, mood. Um, uh, so here's what I notice. The David Sachs tweet is about unemployment and whether the, the data and the reality are matching up. That's about a thing. That's about the world. The Kara Swisher uh, comment is about David Sachs. Those are not the same. <laughs> right? And I, I feel like I see this in the tweets over and over again. Now, of course, the people on the right do make fun of characters on the left. You know, the, the Adam Schiff's and stuff like that. But, when, but if you say that Adam Schiff is a liar, that's actually proven. <laughs> I, I mean, we've actually had uh, you know, major investigations to prove that he's a liar. So I'm not sure that that's unfair. If you say that he goes into the skiff and then tells you he saw something that wasn't there, that's not exactly a personal attack. Not exactly, because it's a description of an actual thing that we can all verify. But this stuff, the, the Kara Swisher type attack, where she just mocks somebody's general ability without pointing out anything he did wrong. What did he do wrong? What, what did David Sachs do wrong? Do you have an example? Did he get something wrong on all of these categories? International relations expert, political strategist. Was he wrong on all those things? Or is she simply describing somebody who has a very impressive talent stack? Somebody who can talk about economics and international relations in an intelligent way, who is looking at the data that is available to us and trying to derive opinions based on what we observe. Uh, I, I don't know how you hate that. <laughs> it, it's hard for me to imagine that somebody went after him. Now, to be fair, the right also goes after Greta Thunberg, right? And usually mocking her for being a you know, young woman who's, you know, they think is not up on the facts or whatever they're saying. But that, again, is sort of a special case where it was a child... Uh, a child, literally at one point, not no longer a child, but a minor trying to influence world events in something that she couldn't possibly have understood. That feels different than an adult who is, you know, accomplished and understands the world talking about the world. All right. Well, so RFK Jr. is having trouble getting on Instagram because every time he puts in his campaign email address, he gets banned for 180 days without even getting an account. Do you think that's just a mistake? Or do you think uh, Facebook slash Instagram slash Meta is really trying to keep him off Instagram? I don't know. It looks like a uh, coincidental mistake that coincidentally goes in the direction you would expect the coincidences to go. So... I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that, but he'll probably get on Instagram. Um, I guess RFK Jr. agreed with Musk to do a Spaces. So that should, that should uh, help the, uh, at least the open-mindedness of Musk. Because remember, Musk invited every presidential candidate to do a Spaces. And uh, RFK Jr. would be uh, a Democrat, so he'd now have a a mainstream-looking Republican, DeSantis, and a mainstream sort of uh, uh, Democrat. I like that. I like that. That's that's where I want to see uh, Twitter going. Do you know there, there are still people, was it Ben and Jerry's, who decided they were going to leave Twitter because it had become full of hate? Have anybody noticed that? <laughs> Have you seen a lot of extra hate on Twitter? Because I haven't noticed. I, I feel like there's less. But the less is because I feel there are fewer uh, paid trolls coming after me. I would say the number of paid, obviously paid, trolls coming after me is way down. Does anybody have that same experience? Maybe it's for the bigger accounts. 
Does anybody notice that the trolls are less? But I wonder if there's more trolls that are trolling the political left. Maybe there are just fewer trolls on people like me and more trolls on other people. Maybe. I don't know. Now, it doesn't look worse, but it does look a little different. Uh, I would say Twitter looks different but not worse because you can say things now that you couldn't say before. But I suppose honesty looks like hate. To some people, honesty and hate would look the same. All right. Um, so uh, I would like to uh, pick up on a point I made before. I saw Greg Gutfeld talk about this as well. But I call this the Bob Dole play. I told you the story about Bill Clinton. And when he and Al Gore were running against Bob Dole, Bob Dole was hard to beat because he was a beloved, older, World War II vet, you know, the greatest generation, etc. And the way Clinton dismissed Dole is rather than going hard at him, he went at him respectfully, respecting his service, respecting his contribution, but basically hinting that his time was over. <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. Now it's time to think of the future. So the, the approach was to, instead of go hard at Dole, which could have gotten some pushback because people loved him, even if you didn't think he was, he was presidential material, he was very lovable. I mean, just a lovable guy, right? So you didn't want to go hard at a lovable guy. So he just sort of patronized him. Great job. Uh, thank you for your service. Pat in the head. But now, now leave the future to the younger people. We'll take care of this. But I noticed that Trump is using that play on Biden and Biden's cognitive abilities. Uh, famously telling Hannity that he told Hannity not to make fun of that because it's not funny, which is just beautiful persuasion. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, to, to, see, to see Trump, um, and I think, he, I think he got away with it. I think he got away with saying that whatever's going on here is not funny. Because, again, that's making you think past the sale. Biden's dementia, is it fun to make fun of it, or is it not funny? Oh, I made you think past the sale that he has dementia. Not only did I make you think past the sale that my, my opponent has dementia, but I made you think that I'm not the kind of person who would, who would uh, mock that, because that's something you can't control. And if Trump is in the, you know, takes the position of I'm not going to mock something that a, a person can't control, oh my God, that's good. <laughs> I would love him to say that. I'd love him to say, I, I don't want to, you shouldn't make fun of things that people don't have control over. And he definitely doesn't have control over dementia, if he has it, and it looks like he does. So that's just perfect. Like, you can't get better than that. Uh, somebody thinks I've whined about being cancelled. All right, let's take a vote. Have I whined about being cancelled? Does anybody see me whine? No, you're imagining it. And you know what? It also shows that you're probably a Democrat. Because instead of talking about any issues, you thought that the one thing that was worth saying was something about me personally. Nothing about my opinions, nothing about the news, nothing about the policies of the country. You just have to say something negative about me, my personality. That, that's all you had. That's all you had. Think about yourself. Go back and go back to your little Democrat hole where all you care about is people's personalities. And uh, you know, that's enough about you. <clears throat> um, Trump has congratulated Kim Jong-un for being granted a position on the World Health Organization Executive Board. <laughs> oh. Now, this is what you call a threefer. This might be the first threefer you've ever seen. You know what a twofer is? You get two benefits instead of one. This is a threefer. Number one, Trump remains friends with Kim Jong-un, right? So, so Trump remains on friendly terms with Kim Jong-un. Should he become president, <clears throat> very useful, very useful. So that's one. Number two, 
Uh, <laughs> he gets everybody talking about it. So he gets publicity for saying the thing you're not supposed to say, right? So now he's got a bunch of publicity for it. That's two. Now, do you hate the fact that uh, Trump could be buddies with Kim Jong-un? That, that literally takes the risk of nuclear, nuclear war off the table. <laughs> all they have to do is get along, and there's really no risk of nuclear war at all. He could just take it off the table. But the best part of this, by far, is the threefer, where he's congratulating him for being part of the World Health Organization. What do you think Trump thinks of the World Health Organization? <laughs> he's, he's making fun of the World Health Organization at the same time he's complimenting his buddy, at the same time he's getting publicity. <laughs> it's a threefer. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. <laughs> and everybody will be all upset about it. <laughs> and the more upset people are about it, that he's backing Kim Jong-un, is going to remind you that he can get along with, uh, he can get along with anybody, you know, like Putin, President Xi, and he can just get along with anybody, which is what people are looking for. They're looking for somebody who can get along with the other leaders, not not have a nuclear war with them. (laughs) Oh, that made me laugh. Uh, All right. Uh, I would like to... uh, confess some ignorance and uh, a mistake that I made. But when, um, when I got first canceled, um, Glenn Lowry, who's a podcaster and economist, had offered to uh, talk to me right after, and I wasn't, wasn't going to do too many interviews, so I declined. However, after seeing Glenn, Glenn Lowry in action, I guess he's over in Oxford, where he was giving some... Uh, talking to some folks, uh, I really should have done that interview. He's a freaking smart guy. And I didn't realize he was an economist until today when I saw the tweet. But economists are definitely different animals. And he made a point that, um, and you need to know he's black for the purpose of this story. Right? The story doesn't make sense unless you know he's black. I hate, I hate doing that. But the story requires it, unfortunately. Like, I don't know, that just feels creepy to mention somebody's gender or their ethnicity before you tell a story about how awesome they are. Like, that doesn't feel right. Somehow we have to get past that. But in this story, it's essential, because he was talking about um, the disconnect between these two notions which are both held to be true. All right, this is held to be true. Uh, Cultures are very different and that people are proud of their culture, and their culture is distinct. Would you agree? There are, there are groups who say, yes, my culture, my culture, and my culture is distinct. It doesn't act the way you act. We act differently. That's the whole point of a culture. A culture means you act differently. If you acted the same, it wouldn't be a culture. It would be everybody acting the same. So on one hand, you want to say we have a culture, and it's different from yours. And then Glenn Lowry points out that you also want the outcomes to be the same. And he points out that logically there is no situation where that could ever occur. You can't have people acting differently and getting the same outcomes. Now that is smart. And that's that's the economist part coming out. Like that's what makes him an economist. That is just smart. There's no other way to describe that. And I wondered why I'd never heard that before. Because as soon as you hear it, you go, okay, that's permanently part of my thinking now. I'm now completely changed. Because I can never go forward without thinking that. That's just so clean and, and precise. And I just love it. I don't know. I, I just, he, he also mentioned Thomas Sowell. Yeah. So he, he did a uh, homage to Thomas Sowell, so, um, say about that. DeSantis did a good job with a heckler. Um, some, some either gay activists or possibly uh, uh, maybe an ally of some kind 
was in his uh, audience and yelled at him, and this was regarding the so-called don't say gay laws, which are really don't say gay laws, but that's another question. But it was about that topic, and um, the person in the audience yelled, you're an effing fascist. Uh, and here's what DeSantis said. Well, thank you, DeSantis said. We're not going to let you Im- impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids. We're going to make sure to do it right. And then he said, uh, those people like that in Florida are the people we beat every single day on policy. Um, we're not going to let you indoctrinate our kids. So here's what was beautiful about it. The hackler attacked DeSantis, and DeSantis said, you can attack me all you want. I'm still going to protect your children. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's really good. Because there were a hundred ways he could have done that wrong. He he could have talked about policy, or he could have asked the heckler to be taken out, or he could have said, you misunderstand my policy, or you're misinterpreting me. There, there were a hundred ways he could have done that wrong. The right answer was stay away from our kids. You can't beat that. <laughs> stay away from our kids. Wow. And he got a standing ovation. I can, I can see why. Um, speaking of Trump again, he has introduced a new word. Uh, we'll see if this catches on. But instead of calling the MAGA supporters MAGA, he wants to call them uh, Megadonians. Megadonians. <laughs> uh, which, as Jessica Vaughn pointed out on Twitter, uh, has the advantage of the word Don right in the middle, D-O-N. They're Megadonians. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Uh, here's the story. <laughs> Again, this, uh, this is more evidence that we've reached peak wokeness. You, you tell me if this is not evidence of peak wokeness. I'll just give you the headline. You don't even need to know the details. U.S. military, uh, uh, let's say Joe Biden's administration has stopped the U.S. military bases from hosting drag shows. <laughs> the U.S. military was going to host drag shows. Now, just to be clear, you could do a drag show anywhere you want. Yeah, I'm okay with adults doing any kind of legal entertainment and enjoying it as such. So nope, I have no problem with drag shows. But do they have to be everywhere? Does a drag show just literally have to be everywhere? You can't, you can't have any place that you can go without a drag show? And again, no problem with drag shows. People should express themselves as theatrically and in any entertaining way they want. If people want to see it, that's great. You know, if we're talking about adults. But even Joe Biden's administration uh, couldn't put up with hosting drag shows on a military base. Now, tell me I'm wrong. We, we've reached the top. Right? When Biden is telling them to cut out the drag shows, we've reached the top. We, we found out how far this thing can go, and that's how far it can go. And now we're done. All right. Uh, the news today said that the UN Climate Agency uh, picked its first woman leader. How about that? Yeah. There's sort of two stories there, two stories uh, that they'd like us to know, and this is important. Not only do they have a new leader uh, for the climate stuff at the UN, new leader, so that would be news by itself, just all by itself, but on top of the fact that it's a new leader... The leader has a vagina. And that was the headline. Yeah. How would, you like, how would you like to achieve this level of success, the, the woman who got this job? This must be one of the like, most prestigious, um, respectable things you could ever do. I mean, it's really like a, a crown in your achievements. And what does the news talk about? Her vagina. Right. No, not her success. Not her, not her background, not all of her capabilities, nothing about her talent stack, uh, how she's worked hard to get here, how she's going to change things, how her, her opinions will maybe guide the 
guide the organization. Nothing like that. No, it had to be that she has a vagina. That's what we needed to know. And by the way, we know she has one because if, if she did not have one, the news would have told us. Am I right? If she did not have a vagina, the news would have told us that, specifically. They would have said, you know, born biological male, but now trans woman, and then you would know. Well, I mean, they might even tell you if there's surgery or not. So, yes, we don't care about her uh, abilities or any of her talents. We don't care about the hard work she's put in. But does she or does she not have a vagina? That's the headline right there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, once again, I give you peak wokeness. Is it not peak wokeness when a, a, a woman with high credentials gets a high job and we're talking about her vagina? That's, that's the top of the craziness, right? We've reached peak ridiculousness. Peak ridiculousness. All right. Um, Looks like Amazon is noodling over offering cheap wireless service, which has made stock prices go up and down. Now, they didn't say a phone, so it just says wireless service, and somehow they're negotiating with Verizon and Dish to piggyback on their capacity. Now, I never really understand why Verizon would sell excess capacity to a competitor. So maybe it's because they think it'll be a low-end service, so it's not really competitive. I don't know. I'm not sure what the thinking is. But uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. But I would say that Jeff Bezos, if he's assuming that he's running the show, uh, his instincts are really good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the understatement of the century, isn't it? Jeff Bezos has good instincts. That's like the understatement of all understatements, you know. Yeah, he has good instincts. Okay, let's, let's give him that. Um, this is the exact time for Amazon to get into the mobile phone business. You know why? Because of AI. AI is going to kick the shit out of all the established players. Every, everything's just going to get stirred. And he's jumping in just when the pot is all going to get stirred, which means he could end up with you know, a nice little bowl of soup there, taking my analogy to its... Conclusion. So, again, you know, Amazon's one of my favorite companies to watch for excellence in execution. Do you ever notice how good the Amazon software works to the point where you stop thinking about it? It's, it's almost the only software that's ever done that for me. Amazon software is so good that I don't think about it. I don't think about the interface. I just use it. And that's actually unusual. You know, even when I use my iPhone, you know, the apps, I'm still, like, wrestling with the interface. you got to kind of put some work into it, and if you, it makes you work. But Amazon software just works. I mean, that freaking stuff just works, and it's fast. You know, when was the last time you went to Amazon and it didn't pop up? Like, it just didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Right? Twitter sometimes doesn't work. Instagram so doesn't work. Facebook. But I can't even think of a time Amazon didn't work. That company knows how to get stuff done. So if they're, if they're entering the uh, mobile phone area just when AI is the thing, and I think they're going to have a pretty good take on AI, could be really interesting. Could be. Well, we're all waiting for the Ukraine spring offensive, which uh, I don't think is going to happen in the spring. Looks like it might be a summer offensive. But I read a, uh, one military analyst's opinion of this, and I thought it was worth repeating. And the idea is that you need a 5-to-1 uh, people advantage to attack an established, protected place. 5-to-1. But the Ukrainians certainly don't have five to one compared to the, the Russian troops on the border. So how could they possibly win when they don't have anywhere near the n- number of peoples that all military experts say they need? 
Uh, other people say three to one, yes. I'll, I'll correct that to three to one to five to one, depending on who you're talking to. But you need at least three to one. Um, but a military expert pointed this out. They're not going to attack everywhere. <laughs> it's not like all the Ukrainians on one side are going to start running at all the Russians on the other side. That's not going to happen, because then they don't have the three to one. What they're going to do is amass their best people and assets in one place where they will have a three-to-one advantage and they'll push through. Now, if they push through, all hell breaks loose, right? Because then they can get behind the lines and who knows what happens then. So the Ukrainians, according to one expert, absolutely have everything they need to push through. So they, they could make a break in the line. Now, what do they do with it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people die, of course. Um, I don't know what they do with it. Would they try to encircle, I don't know, Crimea or something? I don't know where that's going. But the, uh, uh, they also, rumors have it, that uh, they've been getting drones like crazy, and that the number of drones that the Ukrainians might have at their, uh, at their beck and call could be in the thousands. So they, may, they might just have swarms at this point. So we have not yet seen our first full swarm drone war, have we? Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we seen a full swarm where, where a thousand drones just come up and, and, and uh, just own a... We have? have we seen? Somebody says yes. But if, if it's happened, maybe it happened in some smaller action where there was no news coverage. Yeah, uh, here's what I think, and what the one expert thinks, that the uh, the drones might change everything, because imagine you're the Russian military, and imagine you're not uh, Wagner Group, because they seem to be pretty badass. Suppose you're the regular conscription, don't want to be there Russian military, and you're you're on the front lines and you're guarding something you don't care about at all. You're not even guarding the homeland. You're guarding some land you stole from Ukraine, <laughs> or however you think about it. But, but you're not really invested in it. <laughs> Suddenly, you find out that the Ukrainians have decided to break through where you are. Oh, no. They have five to one on us right here, even though they don't have five to one everywhere. And then suddenly, the sky just turns dark with drones. It just turns dark. What the hell are you going to do? You're going to stay and fight? Not if you're smart, because they're going to win. So fighting wouldn't even make sense. You might as well just get out of the way. I, I think the Ukrainians might be gearing up to be able to project such overwhelming force on small areas that the small area will just retreat and that they can just own anything they want to own as long as they take one at a time. And it doesn't look to me like the Russians have the ability to do offense anymore. Or else they'd be doing it, right? We, ha- we haven't seen much in the way of offense. In fact, even Bakhmut, the Wagner, Wagner groups you know, with tremendous losses, they take it over. Um, do you think it was a good idea to take over Bakhmut? I think that was the worst idea anybody ever had. Because whoever owned Bakhmut would own a territory with no civilians to protect them. There's no civilians. So basically, Ukraine could just look at them from the sky, at whoever's controlling Bakhmut, and just kill them at their leisure. Just pick them off all day long, which I'm sure they're doing with artillery and everything else. So basically, Bakhmut became a place where regular Russian military go to die. Because there's nothing to conquer, because they already own it. So they're not conquering it, nor are they defending it because nobody wants it. At this point, who would, who would want to put their military there because then they're just a target and they're not, they're not getting anything. They're just a target. So somehow the Ukrainians have managed to bait the Russian army to hold Bakhmut, which they sort of have to hold because if they lose it, it's going to be a big psychological blow. They have to hold it, but there's no Ukrainians to fight. There's no Ukrainians there to kill. 
It's just a bunch of people who went to the same place so you know where to target them. So the artillery can just pick them off. Now, if I had to guess, the, the regular Russian military that's holding Bakhmut, they might be dying in very large numbers. And Ukraine might be just, well, we'll just keep picking them off until we're ready for our offensive. But it is starting to look like the Ukrainians have more punch uh, than we imagined. However, I like to bookend everything I say about Ukraine with the following. Nobody knows what's happening over there. Nobody knows. (laughs) It could be that Ukraine is on the, the verge of surrender. I wouldn't know. How would I know? So don't believe anything. Don't believe anything that you hear about Ukraine, about how strong they are, how their offensive will or will not work. None of it's believable. I'm just giving you my best take from, you know, more for entertainment than for knowledge. So, so that you can uh, track my best guesses. So my best guess is this. Way more drones than anybody thought. And when the Ukrainians push, they're going to break through the Russian lines like a hot poker through butter. Why they do it, I don't know yet. Because I don't know what the breakthrough would buy them exactly. But I, maybe to surround stuff, maybe, maybe to surround some troops, make them surrender, I don't know. There must be some reason to break through a line. You don't want a Battle of the Bulge situation where they break through and get surrounded. Uh, cut off Crimea. Cut off Crimea and then take your time getting it back. Because you could cut off... If you cut off Crimea... You could cut off their supply lines, right? Then you just take your time getting it back. I don't know. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the light Saturday fair. Was there any uh, topic I missed that you're just you're just dying to hear about? Crimea has all the ports, yeah. So it'd be hard to cut it off. But you could, I think, you could uh, cut off the maritime trade. Uh, ground troop superiority. No war was ever won without ground troop superiority. Well, that's a good point. Uh, it was yeah. Bakhmut was originally a Ukrainian meat grinder. That's true, but now it's a Russian meat grinder. Yeah, don't spend your time on knowledge. Uh, Ukraine I have to go through fifteen mile wide of Russian defense line. Do they? Or, or do those 15 miles of defense collapse because they don't have any chance of winning? See, I feel like Ukraine might be playing for a surrender. Let me put it this way. Not a surrender of Russia, but I feel like the Ukrainians might be trying to beef up to the point where they can make any, you know, any small geographical Russian territory just surrender. We'll see. Uh, we defeated Japan without boots. Okay, well, I guess that uh, that completely debunks the other. Th- <laughs> I read a comment that nobody's ever you know won a war without boots on the ground. You know, military superiority, and then the 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 example of uh, Japan was given. Okay, never mind. Yes, there was that one time we didn't put any boots on the ground and totally won. We're getting bad war news. That is correct. We're getting bad war news. You shouldn't believe anything I say about Ukraine or Russia. If there's anything I can tell you for sure, don't believe me on that. We did fight the Japanese on the islands, that's true. Uh, What's that? RFK Jr. All in was very informative. Okay. How is... uh, Ukraine getting all the technical expertise. Well, allegedly it's from NATO. But don't you assume that NATO fighters just change their change their uniforms and uh, they're just operating the equipment? I, I have trouble believing that actual Ukrainians are operating all the high-tech equipment. I feel like there might be some people who just put on different uniforms, if you know what I mean. 
right. Uh, oh, the classified documents hoax. Well, there's nothing new on that. Uh, OpenAI proposes using systems over goals to solve... Whoa, hello. Process supervision. Oh, yeah. So, um, as you know, AI hallucinates, and it will just make up stuff. But you can also use the same AI that made up stuff to check its own stuff and tell you that it was made up. How it does that, I don't know. But now I guess they can have it sort of continually checking its work so that by the time you see it, it's already fact-checked it, which would be a big improvement. I, I think I said that right. Uh... Pence was cleared of his document stuff, yeah. Trump said he's at least as innocent as Pence, but I think those situations are different. Now, didn't we hear that the document that Trump was referring to on an audio they can't find? Oh, my God. All right, I just saw a meme I don't believe. What's that? Um, Trump is the one who can clear himself. Yeah, that is different. Will I worship AGI as a god? Well, if I have to. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Ronnie Spears can... All right. Your fans know your true abilities. <laughs> That's true. Modern education? No. I have not seen it. All right, I'm just looking at your comments now. Um, they say Pence might run. He is running. You think drag is a fetish of hypersexuality, somebody said. I don't know what drag is. I do not know. If it isn't sexuality or gender identity, why is it LGBT? Somebody says. I don't know. I don't know. I just just feel like we're at the peak and all the wokeness stuff is going to decline. Now, it may be because there's a Republican administration coming into, into office, I think. All right. Um, drag is bad lip syncing. <laughs> you know, a, a guy I knew really well, um, had been to the house lots of times, blah, 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 uh, became a drag performer in San Francisco. And it was the weirdest thing because it just came out of nowhere. He was just a guy at the party, and the next thing he knew, he was a famous, very well-attended, uh, somewhat well-known uh, drag performer in San Francisco. So he just had a different identity he would, he would take. Did not see it coming, I have to say. All right, um, after one can of Bud Light. Uh, recent millions upon millions of illegal males. What about it? Um, yeah, Dragon SF must be really competitive. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I'm not sure what he presents himself in terms of his sexuality. I just know he presents himself as a as a woman playing the piano and singing. You think Bud Light is done? It might be. Um, Kennedy versus Trump, who would win? Uh, Kennedy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Kennedy. Did, I don't think the Democrats have figured that out yet. In my opinion, Trump beats Biden. I know the Democrats think differently, but I think Trump beats Biden. But I think uh, Kennedy would beat Trump. Because I think all the Democrats want is somebody who's going to be alive. That's it. They just want somebody who has a, has a good chance of surviving 48 years, and they don't think that that's Biden. So you, put him, you give them any Democrat who is a real Democrat, and I think they vote for him. All right. CIA would kill Kennedy before he could expose the truth? Maybe, but, you know, the, the truth that he wants to expose would be people who had long retired. So I doubt there's anybody still at the CIA that would be a problem. I see people agreeing. Trump beats Biden, Kennedy beats Trump. So, yeah, it's like paper, rock, scissors, but the Democrats haven't figured it out, or they can't execute because Biden has too much control. Yeah, the nuns... Uh, right, so the San Francisco has these, this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, who are... What would you call them? What's the proper name? They are... Are they biological men dressed as nuns, right? But they, they don't present themselves as female. They present themselves as a parody. Am I right? They're a parody. They're not, that's not their actual identities, right? They're gay men who just have a parody thing where they wear nuns' outfits and white face and stuff. And now, they, they were an institution in San Francisco when I first moved there. So in 1979, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were already a thing. And I recall that in San Francisco, they were very popular. You know, just so you can have some context. The people in San Francisco just enjoyed seeing them around. You know, they, they were fun. They were funny. And they were, they were never serious. And if so, if somebody's funny and not serious, I'm all about it. Yeah, as long as you're just having fun. I'm all about it. So I used, to, I used to enjoy the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence when I lived in the city because their attitude was just, we're playing around, we're, we're going to mock some people in power. You know, uh, I didn't care too much if they were mocking religion. It's not, not my big thing. You know, uh, I don't do it myself, but I didn't care if they did. So, but they're getting a little bit more political, so it's, it's heating up. I love hate speech. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see if I can identify the, uh, the Democrats on, on the YouTube. All right. Let's see. Scott loves hate speech. Is that, uh, do you think that's a Republican or a Democrat? Scott loves hate speech. Take a guess. <laughs> Yeah, obviously a Democrat, because they went after me instead of anything I say. All right. Uh, let's see if I can get some more Democrats here. Yeah, obviously Democrat. But see if you can find that pattern. The pattern is that Democrats go after your personality, and Republicans will do that too, but not until they've gone after your policies. Like, they'll do that first. All right. Uh, But you're a Democrat. Yeah, you don't know. I'm a registered Democrat. Just in case anybody, if you haven't heard it, when when I got canceled and the Democrats said I was a racist, uh, I didn't think it was fair to, you know, I didn't think it was fair to Republicans that I associate with them because the Democrats said I was a racist. So I, I register as a Democrat. So they can call me a racist, but I'm one of them. I'm one of them now. So take your pick. Anyway, none of that matters. I mean, you could register as anything and vote for whoever you want. Running against Biden? No. I'm a sexist. Everybody's a sexist. Uh, 
Who's not a sexist? How in the world could you not be a sexist? Oh, you're not a sexist. <laughs> because, because the genders are the same. <laughs> They're all the same. All right. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly in favor of equal opportunity for everybody. But to imagine that the genders are the same is kind of weird. All right, that's all for now. YouTube, I'm going to say bye to you. I'm going to talk to the locals people for a minute. I'll see you in the morning. YouTube, thanks for joining. The best live stream ever. <laughs>